Hey guys, welcome back to Friday Live. Tim's actually here today. I'm here. He's not he's not a rumor. He's not a myth. He's neither a legend. <laughs> but uh, we're going to be jumping into Romans 12 today, kind of. We're not going to get through it like we did Romans 11 last week. We're going to recap a little bit. You don't want to miss it. See you back in just a couple of seconds. Hey guys, welcome back. Good to have Tim back with us. Um, what we want to do, man, I'm just going to jump in. I usually try to do all the PR stuff, but we're going to do that at the, do it at the end. Um, wanted to jump in. Really, man, I just love Romans. I love Romans, period. But there's some such good stuff in Romans. And we coming out of Romans 9, 10, and 11, if you... I don't know if you have your Bible when you're listening to us. Some of you can't, but uh, if you've got one nearby, go grab it. Um, in Romans 9, 10, and 11, he's dealing with this whole idea about Israel rejected, you know, eje- rejected the Messiah. The Gentiles weren't looking for the Messiah. They didn't care. And, uh, and how you all get to the same place and what it looks like in the kingdom. And last week we got to talking through Romans 11, um, Tim didn't get to be here for that, man. He wanted to be too. I kind of felt bad for you, but, uh, cause he has a lot of, a lot of stuff to, to add to that. I'm sure. But in Romans 11, if you remember, if you were here, he talks about this cultivate. I love the, the way that that, I love the way the CSB talks about the cultivated olive tree yeah. versus the wild one that's growing. There's still trees are still growing. They're still doing their thing. I think of Isaac and Ishmael, you know, there's still trees There's still things under God's hand. But one's cultivated, one's cared for. And how the rejection of Israel, he broke those branches off and uh, cast them aside. And then later, when they, if it says if they didn't stay in, in unbelief. unbelief, that they could get grafted back in and still and become once again a part of the tree. Um, and you, you were saying something earlier when we were just chatting about this, about how the reason that he, pulls that branch off and cast it out that there's purpose in that it's not just arbitrary yeah uh so one of the things that paul says in here is is basically if the lump is holy the rest of it will be too right which means that he started out you can say the plan you know if you really want to get mad at god and start questioning everything there's nothing wrong with questioning don't misunderstand me but you're when you're questioning it because you don't like it for whatever reason you don't right. like it, right? Uh, the sovereignty of God is such that uh, whether Israelis were, uh, you know, they that's where God started with his word and who he was, and that's how he chose to, you know, what do you got, propagate it. Mm. Uh, and then being humans, they did what they did, and so he gets to this grafting thing, right? The, the point is, is that, God's plan is perfect every time. Yeah. And you can get into conversations reading through Romans. Well, but God wants to do it this way. It seems like it would be better this way. And you can get into all kinds of right. uh, conversations about that. And then it gets to this grafting thing. So what we were talking about was is you're grafted in. You're pursuing. You're, you're letting the Lord work you over. This is about sanctification. It's not about 
salvation. Right. We're, salvation has nothing to do with this conversation. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, in its yeah, scope and context. Uh, so you, that means you're grafted in, you know, and there's challenging times and difficult times and awkward times. And then somewhere down there, you just don't like the way that it's going. And so you start pursuing your own. And at some point, he works with you. And this is taking other things into context. It's not just this particular scripture, but Romans 1 and right. on and on. Anyway, so he pulls you off, right? Throws it off to the side over here. Because he says in places, uh, oh, well, Jesus is talking to Peter and says, Satan's asked to sift you like wheat. Right. <laughs> and in other places, it says that... Uh, and you'll have to remind me where they are. My brain's not working. Uh, I've, uh, oh, it's Paul and the Corinthians talking about that. Sometimes you know that uh, he's gonna. It's it's better to send a brother off and let Satan have him oh, for yeah. a while. Yeah, that kind of thinking that we right. would think. Oh, that doesn't happen in a real Christian world. Well, yeah, it does. God can use everything that's created, which is everything including the spiritual world, the angels and the right. demons and all that stuff. They may not like to admit it, but that's what it really is. And he can let them have at you. Yep. Because his vision looks all the way through that. He knows whether you're going to be redeemable or not. Right. Well, and, and one of the things I wanted to, to really make sure that was clear last week, I don't, I don't remember if I did or not, was we, we think of God a lot of times as a reactionary thing. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, humanity went this way. We'll have to do some stuff, and you know, and and well, they didn't do that exactly right. Oh no, the Israelites didn't didn't receive me. I guess I'll have to come up with another plan. That is completely the wrong way to think about things. And when I look at Romans eleven, and he's got this cultivated tree, the whole idea of it being cultivated is that it's planned. Uh, yes. after the broadcast last week, I don't think I brought this up. What it made me think of, this is cheesy, I'll give you a cheese warning, is in that old movie, Karate Kid, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi used to build those bonsai trees. No, you did say that. Did I say that last week? You did week? say that, yeah. And, and I, that's what I think of, is there's, there's intention, and it's yes. it's it's that's not haphazard. Even the breaking off of the dead branches that rejected him. Oh, but then the picking them up later, if they'll repent and regret everything in the building of the kingdom, the cultivated tree, everything is intentional. Yeah. The key word for me is intentional. And the well, and on his tree, if he breaks off the dead branch, once it gets worked over in whatever sense it is, he can bring it back and put it right back in there. It's not a dead branch anymore. Exactly. Because he, <laughs> and it says because he has the power to do it. But wait a minute, the branch is, is taken off and it will die left to its own devices. But he's the one that takes death and makes it life again because he has the power to do it. Mm. And so the there's pictures in Romans 11 of this whole thing. And it's, and then he's about to jump into something in Romans 11 or Romans yeah. 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the problem the Jews had was they thought they were in the cultivated tree because they were the seed of Abraham. Yes. And he blows that out of the water several times. We've already talked about that. The Gentiles, bless their stinking hearts, they they didn't even know they weren't in a tree. Okay? <laughs> it says they weren't even looking, and they found me. Okay? So you've got this cultivated tree, the kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. He's, he's, he's bonsai in it. 
And the Jews are in it because he wanted them in it. They're his special chosen people, not because they're awesome and not because they're the seed of Abraham. Because, and he, and he drives that home because he says, because I will break you off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care whose seed you are. But then there's the Gentiles who are also grafted into this tree, and they have no business being in the tree either. Nobody has any point being yeah. in the tree. Nobody gets to be on the team unless God says you're on the team. Yeah. That's what brings Paul at the end of 11 to say, Oh, the depth and the riches and the <laughs> wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and untraceable his ways. Yeah, and I would tell you that maybe a lighter mind, I'll use that term, you could get mad at God over this. Yeah, you could. And go, he shouldn't be or think like that. And we see Paul going at the end of all this explanation between 9, 10, and 11. He's just, he's like shaking with excitement <laughs> and saying, man, the greatness of God, because he can see it. He, yeah. And uh, he's not God, but he can see it from a bigger perspective, and it encourages him. And, and uh, I don't, Matt and I were talking about all kinds of things earlier, but uh, David's preaching and going through Acts and talking about, uh, what, I mean, they're getting pummeled and beaten, and and I mean serious beatings. Right. Uh, most of us don't know what a serious beating is anymore, but uh, emotionally you might. Uh, and, I mean, he's just, and they get up, and there's no time even where they even start speaking about, man, he punched me hard. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're up doing the deal again. Well, and, and then that one time where Paul is taken outside the city, he's left for dead, and it, the people gathered around him, and it's like, and it says, and he got up and went back into the city. And there's no fanfare. I mean, I just have this visual in my head of him just kind of shaking it off and be like, man, yeah, that was rough. Wiping man. the blood out of his face. and, and <laughs> Let's go. Because his vision That's right. is... The kingdom stuff, man, it's worth this. It's, it's right. Not worth it as in, oh, what's the term where you like to beat and cut yourself? Uh, Matt? No, I know what you're talking about. Anyway, yeah, it's not that it's kind of vision. Dude. He doesn't like, love it, ooh, cut me some more. It's, it's <laughs> not that. He he His vision, and anyway, that's what he's doing right here at the end of 11, man. He's just going, ooh, this is the coolest stuff ever. And you yeah. could be looking at that and being angry going, Nobody with any compassion would willfully do that to somebody else. And there's, let me tell you something. I'm, I'm, this is going off the reservation a little bit. That's okay. What's okay? Stare God in the face mm -hmm. and say, you're not right. You might, you might want to clarify. That. I mean, well, no, what I'm saying is, is, I know where you're getting. In at. all of our times that we've talked about, and we're studying the scriptures, and we're doing all it here on this podcast, there's a central theme of, of, uh, uh, oh, man, my brain's really not working today. Uh, the grandeur of God, the, the sovereignty, the sovereignty of God. Um, that central theme is something you got to get a hold of, and that's what Peter is doing here. We're always looking in the micro places trying to figure this stuff out. Sometimes you got to pan back and look at a much bigger picture of that. I'm not telling you that you would be able to articulate and come to the place where you're mad at God and look at him in the face and say, you know what, you're not right about what you're doing with these people. And Paul's just deluded. My point is, is that you're looking at something like what Paul is doing, and you're saying, well, you're brainwashed. Mm. 
Yeah. And I'm telling you, you may honestly feel that way. And I'm telling you from a kingdom perspective, it's a little deeper conversation, but God can take that. Yeah. He's not afraid of that. He's not going to look down and go, oh, I've failed my child. He's not going <laughs> to. The plan's off the rails. He's not going to snatch you up by the collar and go, swack. Right. Uh, well, in certain circumstances, I think he probably would do that if it was the right move. <laughs> if it was the right move. <laughs> Different conversation. <laughs> Don't let go of that. Yeah. Because he will cultivate that like he's cultivating a tree. And yeah. it may not be right now, right? but it will work out. Don't let go of it. Right. And, you know, and our thing that we come back to time and time again, Second Chronicles 69, he's looking <laughs> for hearts that are perfect towards the Lord. He's not looking for the perfect action every time. He's looking for movement in the direction of the way the kingdom's going and the pursuit of the kingdom. Paul got that. And when he... Even in that last bit of Romans 11, when he says, Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that he should be repaid? He's like, his ways are so different, so above. I can't, fa even when I know what he's doing, I can't understand what he's doing. When I think I understand what he's doing, I still can't see the picture. And it caused him to just rejoice. And yeah. and I think one one scholar once said that Jesus didn't die only so that we wouldn't have to he did it to invite us and show us how or he he did it and invited us to join him yeah in the sacrifice and paul understood that that's why when he got beat he would rejoice because he's like i'm fellowshipping with the lord in his suffering and so coming out of 11 we've got a cultivated tree that nobody has the right to be in god put you there put the israelites there and it's full of Gentile branches that God, by his mercy, put in there. And they don't belong in there either, but they are. They don't, don't have any merit to be in there, and he's cultivating. And Paul says, I don't even understand. And then in chapter 12, he jumps in and says, therefore. Everybody wants to quote Romans 12, 1 and 2. It's great verses. Yeah. But if you divorce them from Romans 11 about why the mercies of God are so exciting... You lose so much of the importance of Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I would tell you that you can't divorce it from the rest of the chapter in 12 either. That's exactly right. He's actually, he's. you ever heard that phrase, if you're learning to drive a stick, you grind them till you find them? <laughs> he's shifting gears here. <laughs> yes. He's he been, because for three chapters, he's like, <laughs> why is it that Israel rejected and the Gentiles got it, but Israel's going to be okay as long as they don't stay in unbelief? And he's painting this picture of how the kingdom looks. And explodes his brain and is like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. This is so stinking awesome. Therefore, he says, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God. What mercies? Well, the mercy that puts you in the tree in the first place. Yes. Yeah. That's the exactly fact right. that you're even in the conversation is merciful. And he said, in light of that, in reflection of that, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, we don't, we, we glaze over that. Well, what does that mean to be a living sacrifice? Well, there's only really one definition for sacrifice, and that's where something stops being, stops, or is given up for the sake of something else. Yeah, we we had some big conversations about this kind of stuff before we ever started today, and it's hard not to get off into it. And, and, I'll, and I won't. <laughs> that's another day. Yeah. 
Yeah. But he, he's kind of saying, let me let me put it a different way. He's saying you don't belong into the cultivated tree anyway. In light of the fact that you are, everything you have needs to be given up for him. And I don't yeah. mean let me rephrase that. You need to be willing to give up. He doesn't necessarily command and demand everything that you are willing to give always. But you have to give up the control of everything. That's the demand. The living sacrifice is not self-martyrdom. It's whatever I have, whatever I am, everything that is, because of your mercy, it's in the tree anyway, so it belongs to you. You're the gardener. Well, and kind of the sample I said a while ago, it comes in bits and pieces, or it has in my walk anyway. Uh, so if you look at God in the face and you tell, say, this is crazy stuff, how 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 could Paul even come to the conclusion he came to in the end of that and be so joyful over it when you're making these random decisions? I'm, I'm speaking as in terms that you maybe have some ignorance mm -hmm. or you're not well-versed in the Scripture, uh, which is where my excitement comes from. I've spent a lot of years reading through this stuff, and it takes time, and it starts coming back together. But uh, the the you're looking at him in that point, and in your mind, you believe God, or you want to believe God, and you want to be what he is making you because there's something in there that you know that to be true, right? But you can't articulate it, really. And you're in that crisis of belief where you're going... That's crazy, God. Why, why, why? How could you even come to that conclusion? But you know in your spirit that He is true, right? And so, in that one little instance, you just keep going back to that thing that you believe He is truth, and you keep pursuing. Don't get lazy. You know, study, look, read, read stories, hang out with Christian brothers and sisters. It's not a brainwashing. And those things will begin to come to light. Right. That is sacrificing. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. Be willing to sacrifice your body. All of us will go out and jump in front of a car to save a kid that's in the road. That's magnificent stuff. That's how we were built. But we're broken in the fact where we're trying to con be conformed into the things of, of the kingdom. And so when you can stare him in the face and you believe who he is, but you don't like what's happening, right. and you just keep working on that, that is a sacrifice. That's giving up your right to your opinion and how you want it to be and how it should be right. to re to get his and start being able to see it for what it is. Right. Does that make sense? It does. It's it's sacrificing the right to myself. Yeah. Sacrificing the control of my destiny. Sacrificing even the decisions that I make in a daily basis is I want you to make them. And he, he says that you're, he goes on to say that you want to be holy and pleasing to God, which is your, your reasonable worship. Because of the mercy of the fact that he put you and I into the tree, that sheds light. And he says, because of that, you want to be what he wants you to be in the tree. Yeah. He said, now he said, okay, his responsibility is to get you in the tree and to make you what he wants to be. He said, but you also need to work. He wants you to work with him, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, and that's learned. It's, it's that, a learned that's, development. That's what thing. I'm getting at. That's learned. Well, and that's, he's what he's okay about with to, that. that's what he's about to jump yeah. into. Not only is he okay with it, he designed it that way. Verse 2, he says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to I want to do bonsai tree again. Uh I, I when I when I first saw this a little kid, I saw a karate kid, I watched him make those stinking little bonsai trees. And it fascinated me because they could make all these complicated designs and things out of them and they would take a branch and in the the art of bonsai 
and you would tie it down. And, and you see this done in gardening all the time. You tie it a certain way, you clip it a certain way, and you make it grow the way you want it to grow to make it look like what you want it to look like. And he's using that same language here. Don't be conformed. Don't be bent over to the ways yeah. of the world. I want you to be transformed and changed over into the ways of the kingdom. Uh, and he says, and how you do it? By the renewing of your mind. That's, all, oh, that's all. I, I was fixing to chase. David always talked about chasing rabbits. I, 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 I could, but I won't today. And he, he's because the idea is, is that your mind is going to drive what you do. Your mind will drive what you become. And if you want it to become, you yourself to become what he wants you to be in the kingdom in this cultivated tree, you've got to get your mind square and your perspective right, or you're going to be fighting against what he's bending you to do all the yeah. time. And eventually you'll break because you're fighting so hard. It's like the old analogy, you don't always want to be an oak. Some, you know, the, the, the reason big oak trees are what they are, if you watch them in the wind, everybody's like, oh, oak, oak trees are solid. You watch them in the wind. And they give. Yeah, they move. They and move. They pop and they, and they. Yeah, and but then you got the willow. That I've heard people say you got to be a willow. You gotta, you gotta bend with the wind or you'll you'll snap. Well, I get that kind of a picture and imagery from this. Don't be conformed, bent to the way of the world. Make your mind different so that it can overcome and sacrifice your flesh, your fleshly desires, and to then the he leading said, of the spirit to the leading of the spirit. Yeah. So that why you may discern or know. What is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God? When I was coming along, and I'm not there, but I mean, I was younger, I always kind of read that with, oh, so if I renew my mind, what that means is, is every single decision I make has a right answer and a wrong answer, and I'll never pick the wrong answer. <laughs> well, but that's how a real Christian does it. No. <laughs> that's not what that means. And I want to free you from the fact that you have to get everything right by your definition well, i would tell you you're trying to get it right because you think that's how god expects you to do it i would agree with you i'd agree with you and he's not even working on, that, on yeah that he, he's building a tree and he and and the the, the crazy thing about it is I, when you were talking earlier i had this vision about what it, what would what would the the universe look like to god I love sci-fi movies, yeah. and they, they have these movies where they'll throw up the whole universe in like this big 3D visual yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. There's, there's planets and stuff everywhere, and each little dot is its own world or its own whatever. That's kind of the way I visualize that with, with God, that he, mm, every... That's pretty good. But within that scope, yes, there's the earth, and then within that, there's this exploded, there's there's people. And then within each person, there's every circumstance. And within every circumstance, there's everything. That's and good. it's this infinite, concentric, and he's in every single piece of it at the same time. Yes. All at the same time. That's how Romans 8, 28 even works. How can all things <clears> work <throat> together for good for those that love God are called according yeah. to his purpose? Because he's in it all the time. He's changing. He can change the future based on the past and the present if he wants to, but he already knew it was going to happen anyway, so he, he can orchestrate the past to bring about. And then my mind explodes, and I get to where Paul was like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. That's a, that's a, <clears throat> I mean, can I read the New Living Translation yeah. of this? So I'm going to read these first two verses. Uh, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable 
That's learned. That's what we've been talking about. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, mm. but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Exactly. That's the bending that, that Matt's talking about. I'll put it in the positive sense that when God is trimming, you know, you make a wooden boat or something, there's things you have to do to that wood to make it curve mm -hmm. and curve properly and be able to fit together in right. those things. And that takes a lot of skill and craftsmanship. It's not a one, two, three thing. It's artistry. It, it is artistry. And many years ago when I worked in Mexico and we were learning how to make solid wood doors, what I learned out of that was we'd have all this material brought in and I found out that every tree, if it's pine and you got a whole truckload of pine wood out there, every single tree has its own personality almost. Right. And then when you take a tree and you cut it into planks, each one of those planks almost takes up its own uh, personality. Right. And so that's the artistry of learning to read that and to turn it. And it's stressful and it's difficult it and to us it seems very difficult into the hands of the of the artist though it's it's like nah you, you'll make it you'll be fine and keep pressing in there and by doing what he's talking about here uh don't copy the behavior and customs of the world start right. being transformed uh, uh by changing your mind the way god thinks and then bending and stuff he's teaching you to think like him right and you don't like it because of the way it feels, but you know it's true. Right. And so you grit your teeth and you carry on, and that's like when Paul would just get thrashed, and he gets up and he's shaking the blood and the snot out of his face. He's not going to articulate, look at the beating I took him, because he's not even thinking about that. Man, nope. he's pressing on to go tell people the Word of God. Well, and when you're sitting there talking about bending that wood and it's hard, and but in the hands of the artist, in the hands of the master that's doing it, it still might to us would feel hard, but it's joyful. There's there's joy yeah. in the working because you can see in your head the end product. When I draw a picture, there's every piece of painting or, or drawing or whatever has what they call the ugly phase, where it, it, nothing looks like it's supposed to look. The details aren't right. The shading's not right. It's but it's the foundational part. And then all of a sudden, somewhere in the end, it starts coming to, to deal. But you can make it through the ugly phase because in your head as an artist, you can see where you're headed and you see where you're going. Well, you know what it looks like in its end result. You know what it looks like in the end result. And your fingers are having to create it to get to that. Exactly. Same thing with woodworking and yeah. pottery. God, there's a reason they call him the potter in the clay. Yeah. Those images are like that because he can see what he's making in this cultivated tree of the kingdom, and he knows oh, this one's gonna this branch over here is a little tougher to bend than the other one. He's a little he's prideful or whatever, you know. But he he knows oh this is gonna be good when it's done. Yeah, it's hard right <laughs> now, but wait till and I can almost see him, you know, with the the Trinity of the Father and the Spirit and the Son and the angels be like guys watch what's going to happen with this one. Or, you know, you can see that I can feel the joy. And it's not hoping it's going to happen. It's knowing it's going to happen. And the angels are out there watching this going, I don't get it. 
Yeah, they just don't get it. <laughs> and you know, we think about God like let's just say a branch snaps out of its place that we're that He's like, oh no, I lost. I, I, oh, I, I sl- that one slipped. He's like, oh man, this is going to be even better. You know, and <laughs> and that's what Paul was seeing in Romans eleven. Yeah, he was had that vision of it. And so what he's shifting gears in, he's saying, because of all of this, yeah. when we figure out that his mercy not only brings us to the tree, but he's making us something in the tree, we give ourselves to him and say, make me whatever you want me to be. I, then as, he, as you allow and stop fighting against him, even in suffering and pain and whatever, you can begin to see and feel what he feels and sees in the end product. And he says, this looks like something. Yeah. And there's a way to live and flesh it out in the practical, not just in the spirit. We don't just have to sit around and sing Kumbaya and beat drums and be like, isn't this going to be awesome? He says, no, there's actually practical things that this looks like in the natural world too, which is what he jumps into in the rest. Yeah. He says, for by the grace given to me, he's talking of himself, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. First step of being able to be bent by the Father and be a part of this tree is you're not that awesome by yourself. And you got to figure that out. You're not, God didn't look down and be like, Holy Spirit, we got to go get Tim. If we don't get Tim, this thing's off the rails, man. He's the guy. That did not happen, you yeah. know? When I was a kid, nobody ever picked me first for the basketball team because I didn't break five foot till I was in high school. Okay? Nobody picked me because I was awesome. And he didn't pick us because we're awesome. It's by his mercy that we're in it at all. And he says, instead, don't do that. Instead, think sensibly. As God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Everybody's got a spot. Remember that big exploded picture? Everybody's got a point on the on the, the the plan. You've got a spot. And he says, now, as we have many parts in one body, I got fingers and toes and ears and all that, all the parts do not have the same function. Well, I'll finish reading that one. In the same uh in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. How much time we got? All right. Yeah, we got enough. In our culture, and I know that you you agree with this because you've spoken it to me a lot, we have this, co- Facebook has ruined us, Instagram has ruined us, television, and it, because what we do is we compare ourselves. And we think that, oh, well, this church did it that way, and that was successful, that means that that's the way I should do it. Yeah. And that's that's like your foot saying, well, the ear can hear sounds, and so i got to figure out how to make myself hear sounds or I'm not going to be successful. That's ridiculous. When we put it in those terms, you're like, that's dumb. Yeah. But that's what we do all the time. If you if you don't believe me, go into any church in the world right now that's less than five years old, and they all have the same decoration scheme. Okay? <laughs> they do. Everybody's got LED lights everywhere. I mean, it's just, there's just, and it's and a, cultural. A board paneling background. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's neutral. It just is what it is. But it's, it's just a reflection of the human approach to doing things of like, well, that's worked for this guy. That means I've got to do it that way. And he's driving home something here that says, and you can't take this out of the context of what he's talking about. Israel rejected me. Gentiles came to me. 
They're all in this tree now together because it's God's doing. Now, now that you're in the tree, you got to remember some of these branches are younger than the other ones and they're not quite as big and they don't hold as much weight. Some of the branches are here to hold up the bottom of the tree. Some of them are up here to have their leaves on the outside so they can catch sun. Some of them are in here to hold those guys up and they're less flashy. Everybody's got a part. And he's like, don't try to be somebody else's part. Yeah. And that's a big problem for me. I mean, that's always been a struggle for me. That well, and that's a 30,000 foot view. Mm -hmm. And we've been talking a lot about those things. And, and both of us keep going back to try to do practical functions on that. So we can all agree on that 30,000 foot part. It's when you're staring God in the face true. that you're having to uh, either get irritated because you don't like the way it is or you don't understand the way it is and you want to know what the way is. Uh, and hence that's when we start doing goofy stuff. So when Paul says in a reasonable fashion, I think that's kind of learned. Mm. Uh, and like he was talking about, there's young branches and older branches and that kind of stuff. And the, the, the thing that, that leads to that is, uh, man, my brain just left again. Uh, I don't know where it went. Yeah, I don't either. Man, it was good, well, too. Let me just go on. And yeah, keep interrupt going me. So he's, he's saying we have many parts. We're in the body um, uh, together, each have our own function. Verse 6, according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. Now, here's I want to be careful because if you want to talk to somebody about, okay, let's talk about the spiritual gifts, people are going to come to this passage and talk about the one oh, of them. Yeah, one of them. They're gonna, this is going to be in the conversation. Oh, well, here's what the Bible says about our gifts. I want to be careful not to divorce this from the topic of conversation. Yeah, so we're about to list out some gifts, and you probably already read them. I He's didn't. not really talking about the gifts in this function. He's using right. them as an example of the context of what's going on. Exactly. Don't, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Don't lose that, or you'll lose... Yes. Everything Don't lose the forest for the trees and be like, yeah. oh, well, he only lists these gifts here, so that's all there are. That's not the point. Yeah. The point is he's like, it's like this. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. That's important because he's like, if God gives you the the gift of prophecy in a measure to just speak to your local people, don't try to speak to the nation. Yeah. Okay? If God has you speaking to the nation, great. But if your gift of, he says, you exercise the gift that he gives you in the proportion that he gives you. Don't try to be somebody else. And that's hard for us. You know, yeah. don't, even if you have the same gift as somebody, you know, for me, the practical application is, is you just let the spirit tell you what to do and do like Jesus and only say what he tells you to say. Be content with where you're at. And be content. That's a whole different day. Then he says in verse 7, if service, use it in service. That seems so redundant to me, and I was looking at this over the other day, and I'm like, that seems to go without saying. But what he's kind of getting at here is like, don't try to use your gift of service in prophecy. Hmm. Don't If God gives you a gift of service, don't be frustrated that he didn't give you a gift of prophecy. Yeah, You serve because that's how God gifted you, and you will flourish and flourish. You, that you were mean, built for that. Yeah, it doesn't mean you'll be famous. That's what our everybody says. Well, that makes you successful, and then everybody will know you. No, that just means that you're you're fulfilling the part in the cultivated tree that he wants you to have. And then he says, if exhorting on exhorting in exhortation, giving with generosity, 
leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. These are examples. But what he's trying to teach you is that he's like, I'm building this. It's like if you've ever had like a 10,000, you know, Jacques, my buddy Jacques Cavazos, he does those big Lego things. Like he did a Millennium Falcon that's like three feet wide. I don't Tens of thousands of pieces. If you don't follow the instructions that the people who designed it, the master's intent, we talk about it all the time. It's going to just be a pile of weird looking little houses that you built, but it's not going to look like a Millennium Falcon. That's kind of the point he's putting across here. Because of the mercies of God, present yourself a living sacrifice. Don't worry about which piece you are. Yeah. Asking for the vision of the whole. You're a part of the whole. You're an important piece, but don't think too highly of which piece you are. The important part is the whole. What I was talking about earlier that goes along with that is learning it. You may not know what your gift is. Right. Uh, and so you just start you know, I'm going to teach Sunday school or I'm going to work with kids or I'm going to do whatever. And maybe that's a natural leaning and maybe it's not. And sometimes those things change because you can be all in on a kid's ministry and, and everybody sees that and they may even say, hey, we want you to come run this thing. And you get in there and you start noticing, you know, I, what I really want to do is, is find people that are in need and serve them. Uh, a widow lady at home or uh, fetching gas for somebody. And you learn that because you were working in this children's ministry, so to right. speak. And so there's nothing wrong with doing things that you're not called to do. Because uh, it will help you find out how you're built. Yeah, when you don't know what to do, do rejoice something. and hang out with the brothers and sisters, and sooner or later that will come around and either come to you or somebody else will look at you and go, I've noticed I, I, this is what I really see when I see yeah. you. And you, you listen to those things. Well, and, and I always get tickled when you're like, you know, we get a brand new Christian. We're like, all right, now let's figure out what your spiritual gifts are. <laughs> and we give them one of these tests, you know, if you answer all these questions, you know, and I took, I did one of those one time and I took it like three weeks in a row. And each time I did it, my spiritual gifts were different. And yeah. because at the moment I would answer the questions differently. And, you know, my thing is we sit back and watch and just tell people, go get busy. And I don't mean like inappropriately busy. I just mean hang out, pray. What is it that your heart's drawn to doing? And, you know, fetching gas for somebody. Maybe it is working in the youth, the students. Maybe it's going, I had a lady in our church that we were at in Stanford. Her thing, every Thursday afternoon, she went to the local nursing home and trimmed people's toenails that couldn't reach them. That's service. That's kind of cool. And... Nobody would ever know that except those people in there. I just happened to. But she did what was she was drawn to do. Yeah. And, you know, just because your gifting and wiring is not in this list or one of the other lists, it doesn't mean that there's not other things. And those know? things are developed inside your family, too. Exactly. So, I mean, just, you know, if you got kids and whatever, and you just work around your house, the natural developed functions of you that the kingdom does, that'll, that's going to start showing up. Uh, whether you see it or somebody else brings it to your attention. Anyway, that's when you figure out what that is. That's when you can really start kind of, you can't let everything else fall off to the side. Uh, but that's what he's talking about in Romans 12, because we're probably getting to the yeah, place we, gotta, we need we to stop. Wrapping up. But in Romans 12, he shifted gears. It's about how God makes decisions and what he wants to do and how he does it. Now he's at a place that we're talking about 
Paul changes and he says, so this is what it looks like right. when you're being developed in the kingdom, right. if you're really pursuing that. Yeah. And, and it looks like rule and regulation and how you ought to be and all that. We're going to talk more about that later. Uh, but read through that yeah. because that'll give us a good, uh, uh, a good springboard. To, it, it's so rich and it's so deep. Yeah. And it's kind of a parting shot here, you know, when Paul's getting all giddy and excited there in verse 11. Uh, in Revelations 5, uh, it's talking about all the creatures and everybody's are honoring God and, and praising the Lord. And that's the part where, you know, the book with the seven seals on it is and and everybody's anxious because nobody can open the book. And then Jesus is sacrificed and he comes up and he's able to open the book. And when it did, all of the creation that was they were they were honoring and they were praising God anyway. But they were uncertain about yeah. this is a spiritual guys. This yeah. isn't just us here. And they're nervous about what's really transpiring, and they're probably saying the same thing. God, are you nuts? You mean, is oh this, no, is this all there is? This thing's broken. Uh, and that, and Jesus steps up and is able, and all of a sudden, I mean, heaven explodes. Yeah. The volume got ten thousand times higher, and people are going, "Yes, that's what Paul was doing." Exactly. <laughs> Verse eleven. That's right a there. great, great picture. You know, and and read ahead. Come back next week. We'll we'll get into it. And. The, the, the way I love the way he bridges the gap when you get when you understand through the sovereignty and mercy of God you're in the family of God at all yeah. it changes the way you look at the practical living out of that and that's what he's getting into when you get that script straight you realize it's by his mercy because now get out there and do don't be afraid you know you're like well yeah. I, I feel like I should serve the widows but I don't but I don't have a program to do that in serve a widow anyway and nobody's acknowledging me doing it yeah good <laughs> for me that's usually a good thing um we're just gonna we're gonna have to cut it off we, we will go forever um i do want to encourage you to to like the post share the post comment it helps us out with all that kind of stuff share it with your friends um if you'd like to support the ministry there's a link in the description there to to help us support us Quick update, um, we're getting really close and honed in on developing the app. We've found some some pieces of it that we were missing. Um, they're going to be real exciting. We'll tell you more about that. That's going to allow us to take our, our Bible study training. Um, I actually had a conversation yesterday with uh, a missionary in Costa Rica. i got to fill you in on that. Um, he is on go, ready to go, and as soon as we get this in his hands, he's got um, quite a few people that are going to be able to be helped with it. Um, we're still working on going down into the valley and uh, training some pastors down there. And so if you would like to support our ministry, please do that. Like us on Facebook. Do all the things. Y'all know what to do. Share it. I'm not I'm not the guy, but you know what to do. Tell your friends. Also, coming up on April the 23rd, at the Bridge Fellowship is going to be hosting um, an men's event called uh, uh, Kingdom, Vision, Kingdom Vision, Seeing the World the Way He Does. And it's going to be a lot of the same kind of stuff, but we're going to dig deep into it. Um, Tim and I will be teaching and uh, there'll be some other things going on. Lunch will be provided from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Bridge Fellowship and uh, here in Martins Mills. So mark that date. You'll see more about that. Um, man, any of you guys, invite the men at your church uh, to come. We'll have a great time. We'll, you will see a sign-up form for that pretty soon, so we'll know how many people to feed for lunch. But uh, that Bridge Fellowship's uh, men's event that we're going to be uh, doing some teaching at, we'd love to see you all come out. You got anything else? So I'm going to Nicaragua yeah. the 20th through the 25th of this month to teach at a, a missionary training school. And I know it's late, 
but if anybody would like to go, we'll see if we can put you in there. There'll be, uh, you say, well, I'm not teaching or anything, but I mean, there's lots of service work there yeah. to do. You'd love it. And probably quite a bit of an evangelism if you want to go do that. Uh, and just contact us and I can give you some details for that. Uh, and it was kind of a last minute deal for me too, but uh, we wanted to put that out there. So one, you can, you can pray for me. I mean, this all this going through the COVID hoops and all, I haven't traveled internationally since all this happened. So it's a little different. And uh, so. Uh, keep that in mind. Keep it in mind, please. And, and if you'd like to, and if you'd like to help support the trip, uh, just make a note in your donation there that for the Nicaragua trip, we make sure it goes towards that. Yeah, that would be uh, nice. We're trying to, <laughs> trying to plant some seeds there we actually hope to bring some ministry training and stuff down there um i have not yet gotten to go back to nicaragua it'd be a good thing to do hopefully soon before long so keep that in your prayers we love you guys we love helping you learn teach repeat go out there share the code share the podcast tell everybody to come join us don't forget we're also on spotify youtube facebook we're out there in all the wilds and on the website love you guys we'll see you later see you back next week have a good one Bye.